And we are live. Welcome back to the Spooky Swap Podcast. Spooky Swap. Spooky Swap. Is that what it would sound like? That's what I did last year. I know, but like, is that know. what it would, is that, you know, like if, if Content Swap was like, blue Content Swap, Spooky Swap would be more like, ooh, Spooky Swap. Yeah. Not Spooky Swap. Like, Priceline uh, yeah. Negotiator. <laughs> I think that's the second time I made reference to the Priceline Negotiator yeah. tune on this podcast. I don't know. I probably did that last year. That's like, that was the first thing that popped in my head last year, and it kind of just stuck with me. So now I'm just like, spooky swap, spooky swap. Well, welcome back to the Spooky Swap podcast, an offshoot of the Content Swap podcast during the month of October, in which we uh, pick specific themes for each week and we watch a bunch of movies in that theme but we only specifically assign each other two pieces of content uh, <laughs> as per usual but we put it in the theme and then we talk about it during the episode so you are joined by parker and Aaliyah. and before we dive into this week's theme which was stalkers and slashers we're going to provide a quick little news update but if you would like to skip ahead to the content uh, feel free to check out the timestamps on whatever platform you are watching this and skip ahead if you'd like. So, take it away. Yeah. Um, like, as per usual, not much has been going on. Um, in case anyone is interested in all the movies that I watched this week to follow the theme. Um, so, I started with Scream. We did my pick, which was He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not. Um, I was supposed to watch Bodies, 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 which I did see. We did see in theaters when it came out, um, but I did not watch that. End up watching that this week. Um, we watched Sleepaway Camp, which was what you assigned me. Uh, watched Halloween. There was Friday the 13th. So we obviously had to watch Friday the 13th, which was new for both of us. Neither one of us had seen it before. Yeah, the original one from like 1980. Yeah. Yeah, crazy for there to be a Friday the 13th, like a friday that falls on the 13th uh, in the month of october yeah yeah i absolutely love that it happened that way um but yeah i mean that movie was like you know the the movie itself it's like oh uh, yeah this is like you know kind of what you would expect from an old halloween movie but then that ending scared the heck out yeah, of us <laughs> it has this crazy surprise ending which was like whoa yeah and then yeah launched the franchise apparently so yeah and like now i'm like i have to watch the next ones yeah the first one seems like it's completely different from the other ones yeah and yeah. i was when i was reading a fact on sleepaway camp i did read that when we think of like jason killing campers yeah uh apparently that's friday the 13th three wow so what happens in the second one i have no idea we gotta watch it we gotta find yeah, out we gotta watch it yeah um and then the last movie that I watched was I Know What You Did Last Summer, which I watched that for the first time last year, and I wasn't, like, fully paying attention. So this year I was like, you know what? I'm going to pay attention <laughs> when I watch it. And I realized I just don't like it. It's just not a good movie, in my opinion. It's very, like, boring. Like, the, you know, you, you think of, like, these, like, old, notable Halloween movies, and the killers are so distinct. Like, you like you got Michael. You've got Jason, you've got Freddy, you got like, you know, all these like very distinct Bunch of white guy names. <laughs> I mean, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but you know, they're they're so they have such like distinct personality and like character traits. 
And I know what you did last summer. It's just like they're like the colors just not distinct enough. He's kind of boring. It's like kind of like a fisherman killer. So it's like interesting. What is he even yeah, going I don't. On? I don't even know anything about that movie. I I kind of put it in this category of like Jeepers Creepers, but Jeepers Creepers seems like it might actually be a scarier movie than that. Yeah. I I don't know. I also haven't seen that, but yeah, hmm. and it's a cool premise, but like. No, no, no. It just wasn't giving. Okay. So you're not, re- not really recommending. Uh, I know what you did last summer. I mean, watch it because like who doesn't? Like everyone's heard about it. And it's got like every 90s icon in it. Like Freddie Prince Jr., Sarah Michelle Geller, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Ryan, Ryan Philippe. Yeah, Ryan Philippe. Like it's got like every. It's a decent, it's every, a decent cast. Yeah. Teeny boppers of the 90s. Yeah. So like watch it once and see what you think. Well, I still don't know anything about it. So I guess I'm a little curious, even though your review is doing nothing for it. But, you yeah. know, sometime yeah. in life. Yeah. Put it on the background. It doesn't need to be something you dedicate your whole energy to, you know? All right. For sure. Um, but, yeah, other than that, that's pretty much all that's been going on. Started a new crochet project. I'm making a vest, which is probably going to be pretty quick. Um, shouldn't take me too long to make. And, yeah, we went to a murder mystery party last night. Um, it was Wild West themed. It was. And I had a blast. And it's like, it was for one of your friend's 30th birthday party. Yep. Um, And she did a phenomenal job creating the whole, like, game. Yeah, she fully designed a game. Yeah. To accompany the murder mystery. And it wasn't, it wasn't like a board game murder mystery. It was like a full-on social mafia style game where everybody had their own role everybody had their own information and you kind of learned more about your role and everybody else's role through the information in which you were sharing with each other and there was like a whole game mechanic for how you found out other people's information which could go wrong it was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun it was it was a blast um Yeah, I was I was the sheriff and this one other guy I'd never met. I was one of my clues that I was told was that I should trust my deputy. And my deputy, the guy that was playing him found me and he was like, "Sheriff, you know, I've got some information I would like to share with you." And we were all just committed to the bit so hard <laughs> and he and I like we kept we kept relaying information to each other throughout the night. Like somebody would give me this big revelation. I'd be like, excuse me, I need to go consult with my deputy. And he and I would just meet up and we'd share some more information. And I was sharing information with like you and yeah. uh, my other friend who was, you were, you were the bounty, I was a bounty hunter. hunter. Mm-hmm. I was sharing information with my friend who was the, the rival gang leader. And no, it was, it was just a ton of fun. Like yeah. a good time. Yeah. And like, so like generous of her to you know it's her birthday we're supposed to be there to celebrate her and she has put together this experience for us to enjoy right and so like that's so like wonderful of her to do that and to want to cultivate this experience for us even though it's her birthday yeah yeah there was a time close to the end where we were making like a big accusation of like who the killers were Mm -hmm. and in order to do that we had to have at least a group of four we had to get the the suspected killers and we all had to point our finger guns at them yeah and she got so excited when she saw that (laughs) she's like this is what i wanted she was yeah she like she snapped a picture of all of us pointing our finger guns we were wrong but it was still like well we were half right 
It was like everybody, yeah. everybody at the party just like stopped, stopped to pay attention because we were pointing our finger guns at these people that we've never actually met before in yeah. the middle of the living room of this house. Yeah. Oh, it was great. But the funny thing was she was like, all right, explain. Why is it these two? And we were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, we because they're have, suspicious. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have a very good backing. <laughs> we were still trying to piece together the story. Yeah, uh, well, we yeah. are one of them, right? But we yeah. mixed up one well, person's yeah. identity with another person. Yeah. And it turns out the, the person who we got the identity wrong wasn't even one of the killers. So, yeah. Yeah, but it was it was a ton of fun. It was great. Yeah. Wonderful experience. Yeah. That's... Fully awesome. recommend a murdered mystery party for your next birthday. Yeah. Definitely. I'm sure it took months of planning yeah. and figuring that out. But she did a great job. Yeah. Well, any other updates? That is it. All right. Well, uh, on my end, yeah, not a whole lot to update either. The last week I was talking about how, you know, I'm still playing the Sea of Stars game. I'm, p- I'm now picking it up a bit more because last week I was also, I had just started Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, which was uh, for the PS5 and came out a couple of years ago. Um, I finished it yesterday morning and honestly, it was great. I, I've only played like a couple of Ratchet and Clank games, like older ones on the PS2. And now I'm playing this like premium PS5 experience. And it's like with this franchise that I played when I was a lot younger with all of these characters that I remember. And it was really, it was, it it felt like a very special experience. I really enjoyed it. And it kind of opened my eyes to the talent of that studio, but also just the uh, the way that Ratchet and Clank games are designed and are very like various various mechanics throughout the experience, various weapons throughout the experience, and that's just kind of been baked in to the gameplay loop of that series since day one so it's, it's very very impressive extremely well-made game so i totally recommend that to anybody who hasn't played it who owns a ps5 i think anybody can enjoy it even even young folks um yeah so now i'm now i'm just kind of solely focused on playing sea of stars and i'm enjoying it a lot not much else to say about it though next week Spider-Man 2 comes out from the same studio that made Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And, uh, yeah, that comes out on the PS5. And then Super Mario Bros. Wonder comes out for the Nintendo Switch. So, really looking forward to that. It's going to be kind of a big day, double release. So, trying to get as much of Sea of Stars done before Super Mario Bros. comes and distracts me away from it. So, yeah, uh, really enjoying that. Aside from that... I am tr- I am finally trying to make an effort towards getting caught up on extended universe stuff in Star Wars. So the Ahsoka show came out, which apparently is really good. I haven't watched it, but everybody says that it's really good whether or not you've seen the extended universe like Star Wars Clone Wars TV show or Star Wars Rebels. But people who have seen those things say that having seen that stuff beforehand really um, just emphasizes the emotional weight of the events of Ahsoka. And I'm like, all right, that sounds like the best excuse possible to go and watch that stuff, which my friends have been recommending to me for years. 
So you're not a true Star Wars. Fan. I am not really. Uh, you know, I watch all the movies. I watch anything that was made in live action. But now it's like, oh, there's this live action thing that, like, you know, they get the best experience. You got to go watch all these cartoons. I'm like, all right, let's go watch the cartoons now. So I started. Clone Wars is good. I'm as a non like Star Wars invested person, like what I've seen of Clone Wars, I enjoy. Okay. I mean that's that's what people have told me. I have also been told like it's it's seven seasons and it starts to really pick up around the third season. So I'm like, okay, you know, I gotta watch these like cutesy first two seasons, that's fine. Um, you know, it's just more Star Wars, like I'm down for that. Um, and I, I watched the Star Wars Clone Wars movie that came out before the show, um, which was not very good, but supposedly people agree that it's, it's not very good, but it does seem like it was important for setting up, uh, Ahsoka's character because that's like her first introduction. So yeah, I watched that and now I'm like on the fourth episode of the show and it's not bad. I am enjoying it. It's the show is notably a lot better than that movie was <laughs> the the show is a lot more personality so um i'm into it i will keep watching it and hopefully that ends up being worth my time and i set up like a whole timeline of star wars content that i'm gonna try to watch in chronological order before i get to ahsoka and i'm not just i'm gonna try and watch anything that's kind of like between Clone Wars and Ahsoka that's in the Star Wars timeline that I just haven't seen in a while. So if there's anything like in between there that I watched recently, like Andor, for example, or The Mandalorian, I'm going to skip that because I've seen that recently. Um, so anything that's like, yeah, I haven't watched that in a while, I'm going to go ahead and watch. Uh, and one of those things includes Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is a video game that came out this year that takes place between episodes three and four that I... Um, yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I'll fit that in and I'll just kind of have this like fun reliving Star Wars experience, reliving, but also, uh, expanding Star Wars experience. And it'll all culminate when I finally watch Ahsoka. And I don't think the hype could possibly live up, uh, with the experience that I set up for myself, but, <laughs> um, hopefully it's just really good and I just enjoy the whole thing. Um, but I'm also trying to get caught up on One Piece, so I have really just overwhelmed myself <laughs> with an extremely long television animated series, so yeah. uh, we'll see how this goes. You're like, what are the things that go on forever? Great. I'm going to watch yeah. them both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I might just be doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> so, I like... I'm only on like episode 600 something of One Piece and it's getting close to like episode 1100 to get caught up. So like, yeah, it took me two years to get there and Clone Wars and Rebels together, I think it's supposed to be like 200 something episodes. So I'm like, I might just be doing this for the next like three years. <laughs> we'll see how it all plays out. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's what's going on with me. Nice. Yeah. Shall we get into the, this week's content? Sounds good. All right, so I am up first to discuss your movie. You assigned a French film called He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not. 
In French, it's, and I'm going to butcher this, a la folie, pas de tout. A la folie, pas de tout. Pas de tout. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun watching this movie uh, because it was French. <laughs> um, uh, little known fact about me, my first through sixth grade experience included uh, weekly French classes. Mm. So I did have exposure to the French language. I switched to Spanish come seventh grade. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was kind of fun looking at the opening credits of the people's names <laughs> because we were just trying to pronounce all of them and just accents. butchering it. I apologize to all the French people out there. Um, but it was kind of like, you know, we're trying. <laughs> I took, I literally took all the way through AP French, took the AP exam, scored high enough to where it gave me college credits. And like my, I cannot for the life of me speak French with a, like a good French accent. Like me speaking French sounds horrible. And also I've just like forgotten all the French that I learned because I thought about taking it in college and then was like, nah, like, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't see why I would. And I kind of regret that. Yeah, when my mom, like, if you ask her about, like, you know, the fact that we all took French first or sixth grade, she's like, well, at least, you know, you might not remember any of it, but it got your pronunciation down. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think it did. Like, did, it, did it really? <laughs> like, every time I try and pronounce something French, you make fun of how I'm pronouncing it. Me? Yeah, you make fun of me, like, when, uh, let's see, like, that song from The Sound of Music where they're singing Idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like adieu, adieu to you, you, you. It's not that. It's the yeah, yeah, yeah part. Like that part sounds so adieu, silly. Adieu, adieu to you and you and you. Nah, I just, I like the yeah, yeah. Like it's just more fun. Anyway, back to the movie. He loves me. He loves me not. So this movie came out in 2003, and it stars the actress that plays Amelie in the movie Amelie. Her which, name is Audrey Tattoo. Did Amelie also come out in 2003? I feel like. Uh, well, this movie came out in 2002. Oh, my bad. You are correct. Um, Amelie came out in 2001. Okay, so okay. she had just done Amelie prior to this movie. Yeah. Um, okay, so the movie itself, Audrey... What was it again? Ta tattoo, I think is how you pronounce it. Audrey name. Tattoo. All right, Ta got it. Tattoo? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I probably uh, it, it looks. It looks like Audrey Tattoo. <laughs> so we'll, we'll try with that. Um, okay, so she plays a talented young French artist named Angelique. And Angelique is in a complicated romantic relationship with a cardiologist named Loïc. And Loïc is married. So Angelique believes that he's going to leave his wife for her, much to the dismay of those around her who recognize that this relationship is unhealthy for her. Because... He is all that she thinks about, and she's doing things like sending gifts to him, one of which includes a key to her place. So, yeah, it's just uh, people are a little bit worried about her because, you know, he's got a wife, and she's, she's uh, in this relationship, and, you know, it's only going to lead to uh, sadness for her. Well, his wife gets pregnant, so it looks like, yeah, He's never going to leave her. But then his wife has a miscarriage, and then she has hope again. But then still nothing. But then he, like, 
smacks one of his patients and gets arrested. <laughs> you said that. <laughs> Sorry. But then he smacks so one he of his patients. smacks one of his patients and gets arrested. And then this is when it's heavily implied that when she sees this on the news, she's like, well, the patient has to be lying. There's no way that he smacked her. And then that patient seemingly, well, that patient then like turns up dead the next day. And it's very implied that like Angelique may have gone and killed this patient. So that this is when it becomes kind of apparent that this love that she has for him may be a bit too much. I mean, people have kind of been saying, hey, this is a bit too much. But now it's like, oh, she might have just killed a person. This is definitely a bit too much. This relationship, maybe not the best thing. And he and his wife are just staying together through all of it. And she is distraught. She's so distraught. Trigger warning, by the way. I think trigger warning through the whole episode. We're going to be talking about some mature content. We'll see if we can get through it without it becoming an after dark episode. But mm-hmm. um, she's just she's so distraught that she tries to get him to pay more attention to her throughout the you know just doing things like running outside of his apartment, um, just trying to like hey notice me. And she eventually attempts suicide. Well, when that happens, rewind back to the beginning of the movie, and now the whole movie is being told again from the perspective of Loic. And Twist turns out he and Angelique don't even know each other. And I was like, whoa, wait, what? Which props to the director and the editor for just conveying that well mm-hmm. to the viewer because that was very much like a oh wait, wait, wait like I knew she was kind of crazy but I didn't know she was that crazy <laughs> yeah. to where she was an unreliable narrator mm-hmm. and suddenly it's like oh okay wait we find out that all the times that they were that we thought they were interacting that she was actually just stalking him yeah. and the wife's miscarriage well turns out Angelique hit her with a scooter Loic smacking the patient well, okay, this patient was very paranoid about her heart and kept coming back to him, and he knew that he had a stalker or was becoming suspicious of having one because he kept getting these gifts from Angelique. And so he was kind of at his breaking point after his wife's miscarriage. And so, yeah, I mean, he smacked his patient. Don't do that. But he yeah. thought his patient was the stalker, so... Eh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Angelique is also actually like his neighbor. So when she tries to commit suicide, he kind of is like talking to the first responders. He ends up help treating her, not knowing that she is this stalker that he has. And eventually he kind of has this, I don't, I don't really actually remember when he kind of has this epiphany that like the key that he got as one of these gifts is actually a key to her place next door. Do you remember that? Well, he pieces together that she's a stalker because her friend who really likes her was at the hot. So her friend who really likes her is this, this guy. And prior to all of this happening, he came to visit the doctor and was like, you know, leave, leave my like girl alone, blah, 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 blah. Like, oh yeah. Like stuff. you, you let this girl go. She was so special. And I right. love her. And right. he, he had just fired his assistant for being just super incompetent. And so he thinks that this guy is talking about his assistant that he let go. Like, Oh, you let her down. Yada, yada. But he's actually talking about Angelique and Loic 
doesn't even know who Angelique is. Yeah. So and so then so then cut to when she's at the hospital, that friend is there at the hospital as well, and like similarly like that's sees right. him in the hallway and is like, what that like she did this because of you, and so then he's like, wait a second. Like, who is he here for? Realizes he's here for Angelique and is like, oh, okay, maybe that's her. And he goes through, like, the letter. Because he kept all the letters that she sent. Yeah. Kind of, and matches up the her handwriting to oh, something. Oh, that's right. Something she filled out. Another classic handwriting matching up scene. And I, I got it this time. <laughs> got it. I usually am yeah. confused when characters are doing that. I'm like, what are they doing? Um, yeah. Yes, I got it that time. Yeah. And so then at that point, he's he, like, oh, I have this key. Let me see if it works for the door just to verify that yeah. it is her. So he goes over to her place next door. She's still in the hospital. So, yeah, he opens it up with that key. Basically finds a whole shrine dedicated to him. And he he also, like, in that shrine, he finds this, like, little flower and has a flashback and realizes, like, oh, this all started because he brought his wife flowers one day and he saw Angelique when he got home. And he was decided to be nice and gave her one of the flowers. And she kept it and then she became obsessed with him. So Angelique ends up... Actually, like, he goes back to the hospital to try and find her, but she already left the hospital. Then he's, like, back at his office, and she's there, and she pushes him down the stairs. She gets arrested. Then she gets taken to a psychiatric ward, and he, having fallen down the stairs, has a pretty bad head injury, and he, he's, like, in a coma for a brief spell, but then he gets out of the coma, and then he's doing a lot of physical therapy, just recovering from this severe head injury. He ends up, I think, making a recovery. Then skip ahead much time later, it's shown that she, in the psych ward, is dramatically improved. She recognizes that it's all made up in her head. She's ready to go back into the world as her own person, and the doctors let her leave. But then, twist again, the, cust- the custodian who is cleaning her room moves this like big picture on the wall and finds this like mural made up of pills in her room that's in the shape of Loic, which, you know, implies... Uh, yeah, no, she did not forget about him, and no, she was not taking her medication this whole time. And then the movie, like, ends. Mm-hmm. Just just right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that is that is the movie. So, I... When watching this movie, I didn't know... I kind of forgot that it was just, like, stalkers and slashers. So, I was like, is this about to be a slasher movie? But then I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is the, this is the stalker. This is going to be a stalker movie, and I wasn't sure who the stalker was going to be... And then when I kind of slowly realized it was her, I was like, oh, my God. But then it was like, oh, he doesn't even know her. Oh, this is like, this is bad. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I really liked this movie. This was, a, this was a big surprise. When I heard the title of the movie and then it was like a French movie, I was mm-hmm. like, what is this going to be? <laughs> um, but it was really good. It was, yeah, it was twisty. It just, it subverted my expectations. Uh, both just on the surface, not even starting watching the movie, but then while watching the movie. And uh, and it's interesting because it's kind of this frightening subject matter, but it's kind of, it's, it's, it's this like flowery French film, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I t- would totally recommend it to people. Um, maybe to people who are not listening to this episode right now because I spoiled the whole movie. So <laughs> still watch it. Cause it's like, even if you know exactly what happens, it's cool to see the way that they edited it. 
like the way they let you like lead up to yeah she's kind of intense but like you know they're having an affair you know like the way that they portray that and then do the rewind is just like so well done yeah so like you can still appreciate it even if you know you know what the plot twist is yeah this is a movie where if i was teaching a film class i would probably assign it as a unit and ask the students to write a uh, an essay about it because it's a really good example of uh effective use of editing but then also like an effective use of kind of like implying certain events to mm-hmm. the viewer through um through the actions that are being shown on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not, like, when we think that she has this relationship with him, it's because she is saying that she has one. And then yeah. we're seeing these things that are not actually directly them interacting, but as viewers, we're filling in the gaps and we're mm-hmm. saying, like, oh, yeah, they have a relationship. That's what's going on here. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, much later on, you find out, mm-hmm. oh, that is not at all the case. Or even in the times, you know, when we're still on her perspective and we do, because there are times where they do interact, but <clears throat> it's not to the, like, depth of, like, what she's portraying to us. Right. So, like, for example, at some point he gives her a ride home. Oh, right. And the way that it's shot is that, you know, they're leaving together to, like, sleep together or whatever. You know, it's it's shot like that. And then we re-see that same scene of them in the car together, and it's nothing like that. And so it's, like, really cool how, like, you get a piece of it, and it's just, like, completely different based on like minor details that they they change like the music or whatever well not even yeah like the music like the for example they play like the l l-o-v-e yeah. by uh nat king cole yeah. yeah and it's like when you see it from her perspective it's like the backdrop to like the scene and it's romantic and then you see it from his perspective and it's like that was just a song that was on the radio right like- <laughs> right and then it it slowly becomes this like every time you hear it yeah. it's like creepy it's like terror yeah yeah so really cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's the first half of the movie is this like subjective perspective of an unreliable narrator. And then the second half is like, yeah, it's told from the perspective of Loic, but it's like the more objective perspective of what actually went on because he is like the character that is of a clearer mind. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, it's, it's done very, very, very well. And I'm sure there's kind of like, you can even probably break down just kind of like the composition of the shots and how the first half, maybe like the angles are more kind of like close up mm-hmm. um, to kind of imply, you know, her perspective. And the second half is maybe kind of more like wide angle mm-hmm. shots to kind of give it this more like, zoomed out objective perspective yeah um yeah great movie wow yeah no i just like i love i love seeing something like that it's like oh my god you can just you can just dissect every little thing about it because it's just it's there's no there's no fat on Mm -hmm. it you know Mm -hmm. it's it's very slim and it's got all the essential components and it just executes throughout uh Mm -hmm. without any faults Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Great. Great. Great movie. I'm so glad you liked it, and I'm so glad that like the plot twist was a twist for you because I was so afraid leading up to this. Like you know, as we were, because typically for Spooky Swap, we typically know each other's assignments ahead of time because we're trying to plan out the themes and like figure out you know do you have something for this theme that kind of thing. And I always create my calendar, and so I have to like 
I put them on certain dates. So we know each other's um, things. And I was so afraid. I was like, I'm scared. I'm going to like spoil. Like I was like by labeling it stalkers and slashers. Am I spoiling it? Like I, I really want you to go in not knowing absolutely anything about this movie yeah. and I was so terrified that like it wasn't going to have the same impact for you as it did the first time that I watched it. Yeah, even if you read the description of the movie, I think that would kind of spoil it for you. Yeah. So like I really went in totally blind. Yeah. I'm glad we watched it first for the theme of the week because I kind of like I just forgot what the theme was. Yeah. Um so yeah, I had I think the ideal viewing experience for this. Mm-hmm. So and there was a point you were about to look it up, and I was like, "Don't look up this movie." Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, "Don't," because oh, I think you were trying to find like where can we watch it, and right. I was like, "Don't type it in. I'll find it. I'll yeah. find it. Don't do it." Yeah, no, <laughs> great, great call. Yeah, um, really, really good stuff. I oh yeah yeah so good so good. All right, hit me with yeah. the facts. Yeah. Um. So. There unfortunately was not many facts to be found on this movie. Um, I tried looking it up by its French name because I was like having absolutely no luck looking it up by like the American title. That's okay. Um, So I struggled a lot. But I want to talk about uh, kind of Angelique's diagnosis, I guess, is the best. Real quick, uh, with with the English title, I just realized that you know, the title, like, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, is also representative of, like, the actual events yeah. of the film. And in the first half, it's like, he loves me because it's like they know each other. And then in the second half, it's like, he loves me not because they actually don't know each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's great. It's great. Parallels. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Yeah. I know. I'm so glad I got exposed to this in high school. Like, I wish you, I wish you could have, like, seen the way my class reacted when we saw this movie. Like, our teacher was just dying laughing. She was like, this is great. Because <laughs> we were just like, what did you just show us? <laughs> like, yeah. what the heck? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I want to talk about Angelique's diagnosis. Because I did not know that this had a term. Um, so pretty much this experience of, you know, having this delusion that somebody loves you when they don't um, is called erotomania erotomania okay uh that sounds familiar yeah and so like i said it's this belief that you know someone uh is in love with you when they really don't and it's typically it often happens with people of higher status or like celebrities um so like the person like a parasocial relationship that you're having with somebody else yeah but uh, like way more intense like you you genuinely believe that you know if i genuinely believe tom holland was in love with me and like I'm like he loves me, like we ha- we're going to be together. Yeah, and I'm like you know acting accordingly. It's kind of like uh, Mr. Me mania in Perfect Blue, in that he thinks he's interacting with like the real Mima. Yeah, and that he it like by attempting to kill the actual Mima. Yeah, he's doing this favor for who he thinks is the real one. Exactly, and that it's like you know earning her affection yeah interesting i think that's i think that's where i read the term recently yeah made it so familiar okay yeah and so this is actually like there's a lot of like reference to this in like pop culture um and i I do want to preface you know oftentimes and so in fictional media this is often portrayed as like some someone ends up someone with this is violent you know is causing harm i do want to preface that like 
you know, in typical cases, this a person is not necessarily violent. They, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, pop culture doesn't have a historically good track record with depicting yes. uh, mental illness. Yes. Or mental unwellness. Yes. Um, but there are also some real life cases that have been very concerning. Um, and so, yeah, so one of those real life cases is John Hinckley Jr., who attempted to assassinate President Ronald Reagan. Um, and so Hinckley was obsessed with Jodie Foster, which is like so random. Um, but at the time wow, was okay. really obsessed with Jodie Foster to the point where when Jodie Foster went to Yale, Hinckley actually moved to Connecticut and was stalking her. Um, and he would send her love letters and poems and call her repeatedly and leave her messages. Um, and when that was not getting her attention, that's when he concocted the plan to assassinate the president in order to get her attention, um, which is wild. That is wild. Absolutely insane. Wow. And then if Reagan was president in the 80s, mm -hmm. it's like she then went and made Silence of the Lambs in like the early 90s. Mm -hmm. Like, good for her. Turning... Turning an insecure experience into power, uh, yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, that's not the only real-life case that we've seen. Um, the murder of John Lennon. Yeah, that was. I was thinking yeah. about John Lennon yeah. as you were saying that. Um, they report, what I saw was that he also um, experienced this, and that might have led to, to that murder. Gotcha. Um, but also in pop, so in a more recent... Not real life case, but what we see in TV is if you watch the show You, um, uh -huh. so Joel Goldberg, they would consider him as you know being someone who would might get this diagnosis. Right, um, he like becomes this stalker and knows everything about this person. Yeah, and oftentimes he like so for example, and I think I forget what season it is, maybe season two. Um, there's a woman who works at the library and he's like convinced, he convinces himself that like, she really likes him. Like anything that she does, he's like, oh, she wants me. Like she likes me. Like I got to be there for her. I need to do this. Oh, so it's, yeah. It's, it's interesting because he's probably like analyzing all these little things, almost like it's, uh, pulling like a Sherlock mm -hmm. when Benedict Cumberbatch's character, like picks up all these things to figure out the underlying motivations of all the characters and yeah. he's trying to do it but it's like no he's just making this all up yeah it's like interesting yeah and his characters it's really like you know a woman smiles at him and he's like oh like there's something there. done and done like we have a connection <laughs> yeah a, and it's like they were just smiling mm. <laughs> they were just being nice yeah well that, i mean that's a yeah that is a common issue uh with uh women smiling at, at men yeah. in real life and yes. it's very unfortunate it is very unfortunate um but yeah that's really all that i have i was just looking into it because i, I had never heard that term before like I, I knew of the concept but didn't know that there was kind of a name for it um and i did i had no clue like really the the whole jody foster thing really i was like yeah what? that's i had no idea about that that's, yeah uh, yeah wow i mean do do we know what happened to that to that man uh i mean he got in trouble for trying to assassinate the president and i think they ended up I, sure yeah that tends I think to they, get you in trouble uh i if from what i read i think like during his trial they were like you know psychologically he's not i see there and so they instead of putting him in jail put him in like a psychiatric place gotcha. i think i think 
Well, um, I hope uh, I hope you got the help you needed, and I hope Jodie Foster is okay. Yeah, she seems. It's been a while. She seems like she's doing all right. I, but like, I don't know how you how like do you bounce back. From yeah, that? how yeah. do you bounce back? Like, just the t- the the fear. Uh, I mean, we talked about this in our in the um, episode about perfect. Yeah, blue. yeah, perfect blue. It's just like you know to be a celebrity and to have this experience like i would just be in constant i would just be paranoid you know and that's just like no way to live that's why you have a bodyguard that's why you have security that's still like yeah oh my gosh scary mm-hmm. yeah but that's all i have i wish i had more facts because this is such a cool movie but I, I couldn't find anything no that's okay yeah all right would you like to shift gears sounds good all right Okay, let me prepare myself for this one. Lord have mercy. Um, So I was assigned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, this is going to be interesting. (laughs) I was assigned a movie called Sleepaway Camp, and it came out in 1983. And so the movie starts with a family that's on vacation at this lake. And we see a dad and his son and daughter kind of hanging out in the water. They're having a good time. They're, they're on a boat and they kind of like fall off the boat. They're splashing around, swimming, all that great stuff. Well, just a few like feet away, um, this young teenage couple or some teenagers are, there's two teenagers driving a boat, watching their friend water ski behind them. And they're not paying attention and they accidentally run over this family killing the dad and one of the children but it's kind of unclear which one we don't know if the son or the daughter lived so cut to eight years later and we see this woman sending off her son and her son's cousin named angela off to camp and so at this point we're like okay angela is the one who survived the daughter survived accident and so angela and her cousin go to camp and Angela is just like extremely quiet she won't eat she doesn't really participate in the camp activities and because of this a lot of the counselors and other kids begin bullying her because they're like what's wrong with her why doesn't she talk like she's weird and her cousin's like you know she's experienced trauma leave her alone like she's fine yeah Um, the cousin's name is uh Ricky and he has a big potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like a little fireball. He is, he is swearing all up, down, left, right, every which direction. Every time he opens his mouth, it is just profanity. <laughs> yes, but I was like, I mean, come on, Ricky. Yes, go for it. Because these people were being absolute terrors yeah. to his cousin. And so I was like, look at you defending your cousin. I'm here for that. It's just so funny to watch this <laughs> angry little minor <laughs> yeah. swearing left and right at yeah. people. Yeah, it's kind of silly. Um, so like I said, counselors and other kids are beginning to bully her. And this is where like the bad begins. So kind of each person who is just like a jerk to her ends up getting murdered. And so it becomes clear that perhaps Angela's the one who's doing this. I mean, she has the most like motive to be doing this. Um, what do you mean? She's so sweet and innocent. There's no way. <laughs> I know. Um, Obviously, it's got to be her cousin, the like, little fireball, who's doing it. <laughs> that's what. That's what the like owner of the camp thinks. And like this owner's, he's terrible. He's so dumb. Uh, but yeah. But you know, it's like 
perhaps this is Angela. Um, so after multiple murders, which who knows why the camp even stayed open after they found the first body. Um, but- yeah, it's like the guy running the camp is like, oh, no, we got to keep doors yeah, open. He's like, don't tell the parents. Just keep going. And yeah, just like- keep going. We got to keep it open. I'm like, sir, like four people have died at it's this like, point. The first one was an accident. The second one, yeah, maybe it's an accident. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally on him. But after multiple murders, the remaining counselors began searching for, like, who the killer might be. And that's, at the end of the movie, they come to find Angela facing away from them, and she's naked, and she's holding a decapitated head. And so as they approach her, she jumps up, growling, and we learn that she's not only this, like, vicious killer, but that she's also a boy. What? So we see her full body... And you see male genitalia. And so it's this like big plot twist. And we also get a flashback showing the day that she arrived at her aunt's house after the accident. And so the aunt basically decided that she didn't want another son. um, And she really always wanted a daughter. So she gave this child a new name. So named her Angela. And was like, I'm going to raise you as a girl. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. So the best useless plot twist (laughs) in a movie. I have lots of thoughts on that plot twist, but before I get to that, um, a few like so. Okay, first note before I jump into the plot twist, the girl that they casted as Angela was phenomenal. Yeah. So she, like I said, she doesn't say much in the movie. Towards the end, she starts to speak a little bit more because she makes friends with this boy who she likes and. Um, and yeah, she like starts to talk. She talks to the people who are nice to her. Yeah. But anybody who's not, you know, who she's not friendly with, she just gives this stare and it is the most piercing stare and it is so unsettling. And it's like her face, like she has a very like sweet face, but just like she has these big kind of like doe eyes that just like, it's so eerie. (laughs) And I'm like, this movie is like, for the most part, pretty silly, but that that stare is frightening. <laughs> so quick note on that. Uh, Writer-director Robert Hiltzik, he casted her because the actresses that were auditioning, he had them stare wide-eyed and straight ahead while pretending to eat a candy bar. And whoever did that the best got the role. And 10 out of 10. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, talk about just like knowing what you need from the <laughs> from the actor because like yeah, she's not gonna have very many speaking lines. Yeah. So just yeah. we need the best person who can stare blankly yeah. Yeah. while doing something else. Yeah. And just be freaking scary. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's how they got that. Like permanently embedded in my mind is her just sitting on the bed and she's just looking at one of the like other like girls, girls who camp. are yeah, who's attending the camp. And she's just staring. And I'm like, oh, how? Like, if, if, if someone was staring at me like that, I'd be so scared. I'd be terrified. Um, so she was great. She was phenomenal. Now, let me get into this plot twist because, it, oh, my gosh. Okay. So basically, so I don't even know how to start this. First of all, it makes, like you said, it makes absolutely no sense why this was the plot twist and 
it doesn't make any sense what the relation is between, you know, having this knowledge that she's actually, you know, a boy and the connection to like her murdering ways. Like, I'm like, what am I supposed to get from like, what am I supposed to get from that? Um, Honestly, nothing. I don't, <laughs> I, I really genuinely, I mean, like I, when I think about this movie and I think about that, it is just like, it's, it's kind of like a, cause this, this movie was kind of, kind of good, kind of bad. I would say that that, aspect of it is kind of like a so bad it's good kind of component in mm-hmm. that it's like yes this is completely useless and completely ridiculous um but it's the very last moment of the film mm-hmm. and when the credits then just roll you're like i don't even know what to think about that and yeah. what what the point was and the movie's trying so hard to make you think that maybe Angela's not the killer, even though it's obvious that she is. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, as soon as it reveals it's that she is the killer, it's like, and here's another thing. Because yeah. maybe you already figured out that she was the killer. So yeah. here's another twist. It's like, what? And then just and roll the credits. Yeah. But here's the thing. It kind of left a bitter taste in my mouth. Um, and I wish it wasn't a part of this movie. And here's why. So... The way it's portrayed and the way they kind of give the backstory leading up to that moment to kind of explain that moment comes off a bit like transphobic and homophobic. Mm. And so so we get these we what we end up getting is we get these flashbacks that are depictions of her dad being in a relationship with another man. Yeah. And when they were children, you know, they witnessed this relationship and what the movie makes it feel like is oh by her seeing this gay relationship or i'm referring to her as her because we're seeing her as angela but at the time she was the son but like by her seeing this relationship that has had some sort of mental impact on her and Uh. so that's why you know now as a girl she's like we're supposed to be so horrified by the fact that she's actually a boy and like when they do the big reveal it's like they want us to say it's like they want us to be like oh my gosh like she was sleeping in the girl's cabin she was having a relationship with this other boy oh that's horrifying that's terrifying and i really just like hated that feeling like i was like it feels like they're trying to take this like the fact that her dad was gay and like the fact that you know she's living her life as a girl now as the villain as like her villain origin story and i really did not like that i completely understand everything that you're saying and i did not think about it like that i um yeah wow no great analysis Mm um no because you're totally right on mm-hmm. second thought about the whole thing because um yeah it's yeah it's definitely got this whole air of like yeah trans transphobia um mm-hmm. hey wow yeah because i was i was kind of just thinking of it as this like oh yeah okay transgender uh representation in horror way back in 1983 wow look at that um Mm -hmm. and not really dissecting it from this lens of like 
oh, transphobia, homophobia, villain origin story because of all of that. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why she was the killer. Like, I did not think about that at all, but you yeah. have opened my <laughs> eyes. Yeah, it's just the way that it was set up, like giving us because I the you get the you get the flashback about her dad and um you get the fa- yeah you get the flashback about her dad and kind of her childhood before that's revealed, and I I remember watching that and being like what like wh- why was that in there like I'm so confused as to why we witnessed that and then at the end they you know make this big reveal and I was like were they ch- like is that how they were really trying to explain this like. It just, it felt a bit off-putting to me. And yeah, I just like wished it just wasn't, I just wish it wasn't a part of the story because like I really enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed everything about this movie until that point. And yes, the, it at is. the very, literally yeah, the, the last, very, like one, last, the last one minute five left. seconds yeah. of the movie, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed absolutely everything about the movie. And then that point hit and I was like, oh, I didn't like that. Um... So so yeah so it was just it was just weird and I don't know I didn't I didn't get it but like I said despite despite that very weird ending and that component of the movie I did enjoy this movie just like seeing the like the, the murders which I hate to say I enjoyed seeing the murders but what I really love about like a good especially like an 80s slasher movie or just really any slasher movie in general I like when the deaths are very diverse. Like I I don't like when the like killing is very repetitive, like the same kind of way of killing. Um and so for this movie, you know, everyone died in their own unique way. Yeah, it wasn't really like a slasher film. Yeah. In that it was like only one person got killed by a knife. Yeah. And so like someone died by like getting attacked by wasp and someone, you know, was severely harmed by like having hot boiling water on them and like drowning and then someone got stabbed in the shower. Like it was there was all there was like so many different ways a person could die at this camp. <laughs> and so that was like very entertaining to watch. You weren't bored. You were like captivated the entire time. Um and like I said, it's it's like a silly like 80s movie. Um and yeah, it just gives that kind of like nostalgic horror movie feel. So I did enjoy it. I really wish that ending wasn't the. I don't think. I don't think we really needed that. No, no, twist. we really, we really didn't. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is. Like I said, it's a, an incredibly unnecessary plot twist. Yeah. And I guess when I call it like best unnecessary plot twist, it's just like. It really is just at at the top of the list as far as like plot twists that shocked me that yeah. really were just like not relevant to the plot of the movie. Yeah, it's so. I mean, it does a great job of like literally like I was like, what? Because it's like, where did that come from? They're actually they they did leave clues throughout the movie. Yeah, to allude to that being her identity, like. When the aunt at the beginning of the movie, um, before they go to camp, is like, oh, here are your physical exams, by the way, but don't tell anyone where you got them from. Or, like, Angela's never going in the lake to swim. Or they they talk about, like, hey, Angela, why do you always shower at different times than us? Yeah. I mean, yes, they leave the – you put it together once you know the plot twist. Um, But still – I mean, but still, it's like, well, why does this matter? It's like, why – right. Agreed. No, I totally (laughs) understand. So, yeah, it still was just unnecessary. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, when you think back on all the uh, the people that were, like, kind of killed throughout the movie, it is, like, yeah, only the bad people were getting killed. Yeah. You know? It wasn't, like, any of the good people were getting killed. I mean, the last person to get killed is, like, the boy that has a crush on her. Yeah. But he kind of, like... You know, he kissed another girl at one point. <laughs> he still didn't deserve to die. I know, yeah, 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 I know. No, he definitely did not deserve to die. But it's like every person yeah. that got killed did, did her dirty in did some way. Did her dirty in some way. Yeah. 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 Yep. <laughs> um, that's all I have if you have facts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do have some facts. Um, the movie made 30 times more than what was spent on it. Wow. Budget was about $350,000. And the film was dedicated to the director's mother who died before production because her inheritance uh, actually funded most of the movie. Wow. Uh, let's see. Writer-director Robert Hiltzik actually... Not because he loved her, but because her inheritance funded the movie. Well, I mean, yeah, he loved movie. her. His mom died and her inheritance funded the movie. It's just the way and that then, she said it. I know. Yeah, that was my bad. Um, <laughs> and then it made 30 times more than what was spent on it. So, like... Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so writer-director Robert Hiltzik actually went to the camp where they filmed at when he was a kid. Um, nice. Other indications of kind of like, you know, the low-budgetness of this movie is that a lot of the cast and crew's relatives play extras in the movie. <laughs> the paramedics that show up in the movie are actually real paramedics. Wow. Um Let's see. What else do I have on that specifically? Uh, no, no, just that. Um, so the writer-director also gave the role of Ricky, the the cousin who was swearing, swearing up a storm throughout <laughs> the movie. Uh, he gave him the role because during the audition, he asked him to curse him out. And <laughs> that explains a lot. I guess he just wanted that for that character. Um, <laughs> And, I mean, that kid does a phenomenal job yeah. at swearing. Yeah, <laughs> he was great. He was so fun to watch. Um, the movie was also shot in the early fall, but it's taking place during the summer, so they actually had to use uh, green spray paint to keep the leaves green. Wow. Yeah, I don't think that would fly t in today's day and age, but um, this is Kind of a weird one. I kind of read this note and kind of got the ick, but the two lead actors, uh, Angela and Ricky's actors, mm -hmm. um, developed a romance during filming but broke up soon after. She was 13 and he was 17. She's pretty old. Yeah. He does look... Ricky's 17? Right, apparently. Um, he does genuinely look like a 13-year-old Yeah, he boy. looks very young. Um... So, yeah, I kind of was like, yeah, ew. But uh, eh, they broke up soon after. Okay. Mm, all right. Um, there's a scene in which one guy uh, flips a canoe. Or, sorry, he's, uh, he's got... One, one guy has a girl, I think they're both counselors, in the canoe. And he's kind of like messing with her, trying to flip over the canoe. And then eventually does flip over the canoe. Um, so the guy accidentally like hit his hand on a rock under the lake and had to immediately get medical attention. Um, but the girl who was in that scene when the canoe flipped, uh, later became the director's wife. Wow. Just thought that was 
kind of interesting yeah um let's see what else this is kind of a weird one um angela's younger brother who is actually angela right yeah um the actor that plays quote-unquote young angela uh was played by maximo gianfranco sorrentino who is the older brother of mike sorrentino aka the situation from jersey shore what? <laughs> <laughs> yep oh my gosh that was i was like that's so that's random. so random yeah <laughs> <laughs> um let's see uh the final shot of and where it's like revealed that angela is a boy and you see the male genitalia um was done with a nude man wearing a mask cast of the actress's face and that man was actually a college student and he needed to get drunk before he filmed the scene and it was his first and only screen credit yeah wild um and then i was wondering i thought like i thought maybe it was a like a fake body and they just like put her head on it yeah i i read this fact before we watched the movie um so i definitely noticed it when we watched the movie i was like oh that just looks i mean aside from like just actually kind of looking weird when you see it but like um, it looks weird proportionally because yeah. like the head is the head, so yeah the head doesn't big. match the body yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and that's yeah that's because it's just like a guy wearing a big mask gotcha yeah um, and then all of the shots of Angela's hands because every time she's kind of like doing some killing mm-hmm. it's this first person perspective where the camera is that person's eyeline mm-hmm. um, their viewpoint all every time you kind of see like the hands of her doing the killing it's actually the ricky the cousin Mm -hmm. uh, actor's hands Mm -hmm. and even when there was like there was a back lit silhouette shot of her walking in on one of the counselors Mm -hmm. that shot is actually just him in a wig which (laughs) i could actually tell when i saw it i was like why because i knew Mm -hmm. you know i was like i knew that she's actually a killer but i was like Mm -hmm why on earth is the Ricky actor wearing like a wig right now? Yeah. Like it's like supposed to be backlit and silhouettes. So you can't really see his face, yeah. but through the power of modern technology, yeah. um, it's just like better lit. And it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, I can, I can see his face. Yeah. Like that's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, which kind of gets at this like idea that like, yeah, they really were trying to so, make you think yeah. that he was the killer. Yeah. Um, but that, it actually, yeah. I mean, rewatching it, it's like it's just it's so obvious that she did it. Yeah. Um. It's like there's no reason for anybody else to do it. Right. Like they try to make us believe Ricky would do. It. Ricky was out here doing, was like fooling around with other he was other just, camp he was just, members. He was swearing. Yeah. He was I mean, nowhere he was around. To, he was trying to protect her from the people who were doing her dirty, but yeah. He ends. I mean. Yeah, the the guy who runs the camp ends up like beating the the, the snot out of him um, at one point, but then that guy immediately yeah. gets killed right after. So yeah, yeah, like half of these people needed to be in jail. Half of the employees at this camp. Needed oh to yeah, be the in employees jail. were like bad. It <laughs> yes. was kind of weird watching this movie and seeing like 
oh, the cook is just a really Ugh. shady, gross guy. Yeah. And then we watched Friday the 13th right after that. And it's like the person who was supposed to be the cook at the camp was this like Super 17 sweet. year old girl. Yeah. yeah. And it's like just hitchhiking. This hitchhiking yeah. girl who's just like, yeah, I'm supposed to cook for the camp. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. And then in this other movie, it's this like m- creepy middle-aged man. Yeah. Doing all the cooking. Yeah. Which like, in Friday the 13th, that poor girl, I was like, first of all, she went through the trouble of hitchhiking with like multiple people just to get murdered before even making it to the camp. Yeah. <laughs> the last hitchhike was the one that did it for her. Yeah. Yep. Oh, poor thing. But yeah. Anyway, that's this movie. Wow. What a movie. I mean, it's going to be permanently in my mind for the rest of my life. I will always remember this movie. Yeah. It's the shot of the actress with like her mouth open looking to the side. And she's just like hissing, like growling. Yeah. I'm like, what? And it's like the when the credits roll, it just keeps that shot on her face face and just rolls the credits. Um yeah you definitely have to like take a minute to process what you just saw yeah um anyway that's sleepaway camp (laughs) i did not expect this at all when you assigned it yep Uh, yep two movies with twists yeah some twists better than others (laughs) not all twists are created equal yeah crazy All right. Well, should we get into our assignments for next week? Yes. So what is the theme for next week? The theme for next week is aliens. Just aliens. Eerie aliens. Not aliens gone wild or... Aliens gone (laughs) wild. What? Uh, You know, we had vacays gone wrong, stalkers and slashers, and then just aliens. Aliens. One word. Well, I said, I put out on the calendar, eerie aliens. Oh, eerie aliens. Eerie aliens. Just, you know, to give it a little All aliens are a little eerie. Yeah. I guess, like, you could do Star Wars, but that wouldn't be eerie aliens, right? Exactly. So. Like, what's that one? What's that alien movie? Like, Paul, you know? Paul, yeah. It's like, that's not an eerie alien. E.T., that's not an eerie alien. I see. So it's got to be. It's got to be the scary ones. The scary aliens. Got it. Um, so do you want to sign first? Yeah. You know, I figured what better movie for an alien theme than the movie Alien. (laughs) (laughs) It's right on the nose. Yep. You've never seen it. It's a classic. Yeah. So yeah, we got to watch it. The original eerie alien movie, Alien. Is it the original? No, but it's called, (laughs) it's called Alien. It's the first like... It's the it's the earliest made eerie alien movie that I think we can look at and say, hey, that was a good alien movie. Mm. And that's why it's called Alien. <laughs> it deserves the one name. It deserves it. Yes. It's it deserves the Beyonce to, of it, movies. Exactly. It deserves <laughs> to have the title of like the alien movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, you know, it's sequel, which is just bigger and better and does more. Uh, it's called Aliens. So, wow, yeah. Plural. <laughs> yeah. We get more. Yeah, we get more. Exactly. It perfectly conveys, like, it's, hey, this is also the alien movie, but a little more. What What do we do? Make it plural. Aliens. Woo. And you know what? Both movies slap. So, you know, what can you there say? There we go. Well, excited to watch it. Uh, I am going to give you a more recent movie called Annihilation. Oh, that's right. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's uh, a, I only saw movie? this movie. I think I saw this movie in theaters, and I only saw it one time. So I, I don't really remember what happens. I didn't know this was an alien adjacent film. It is. It Interesting. Is. So okay. excited for that. Um, and yeah, that's that's all we got. Perfect. All right. Cool. So next week it will be Alien and Annihilation. Yeah. Should I read the whole week just in case people want to watch? An alien and annihilation. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, hit us. What's what? What are the movies right, for next so week? So my week, my week next week for the aliens theme is Alien, The Thing, Men in Black, Annihilation, Nope, War of the Worlds. Which I guess Men in Black is not eerie aliens, but you know there are some bad ones in there. It's fun. Um, War of the Worlds and Little Shop of Horrors. Is that an alien movie? I consider that plant an alien. Sure. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I think they label him an alien. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. They probably uh, don't. All right. For sure. Yeah. It's alien enough. All right. Cool. All right. That will be a ton of fun. All right. So we'll see you then for uh, Alien and Annihilation. Hope you have a good week. Stay spooky. And uh, bye. See you next time. Bye.